Hi, you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. My name is Paul Ford, and I'm the co-founder of Postlight. And I'm Rich Ciotti, the other co-founder of Postlight. Rich, just in case someone out there wants to become a client, what kind of things do we do? Uh, we take what you've got, or if you don't got nothing, we'll start you from scratch and build beautiful, well-designed, well-architected platforms and apps that ride on those platforms, whether it be mobile or web or anything, really. I mean, we've got a lot of clients. We've got Vice Media. Yep. We've got Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, boy, who else can you think of? Well, we did a partnership with Bloomberg. That was Media. good. That, was, that went really well. That went beautifully. Had a big party. It was cool. Yep. And we've actually got a, another client we're going to actually reveal in the next few weeks, which is a really cool client. That's we'll, good. Might we'll do an event about that. About that. Yeah, yes. we'll, we'll talk about that. So... Uh, we should also let people know, boy, are, we're growing and we are looking for humans to come join us and help us. Yes. If you are a product manager, a designer, more specifically, probably a product designer, UX, UI, and uh, an engineer, uh, we'd love to talk to you. That's right. It's a nice place to work, in my opinion. Damn it. I think people should know that. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> It's and a very, very family-friendly, very positive, very professional atmosphere. Yes, and if you've got, if you're feeling good about talking to us, hit us up at jobs at postlight.com. And we should really, we should point out engineering. We hire engineers all over uh, the United States, but yes. product management and design, uh, particularly because we're a client service organization, really need to be in New York City in yes. the office. Yes. So that uh, we get a lot of questions about that. Exactly. All right. So I thought today we could talk about something that nobody likes to talk about except to complain. Some people probably love them. Some people do. Some people can't stand them. I think they're very different at different times in your careers. What am I talking about? Meetings. Meetings. We've never really talked about meetings on this show. We never have. But and by the way, there's another form of meeting, which is the big email thread. I consider that a meeting almost. Oh, and we, did, we I mean, we've got conference calls, we've got email threads, and we've got whatever it is that happens on Slack. Yeah, Slack, I feel like it's not rude to walk in and out of the room. If you got up and walked out of a meeting 10 minutes in, people might look around. Unless you're going to the bathroom or getting a soda. Right. They would say, that's, that's strange. It's a killer move if you can pull it yeah. off. Slack, you know, the etiquette of Slack, uh, and for those that know, Slack is a group chat platform that just about every business <laughs> and you just pronounced it slap which i would actually prefer <laughs> log on to slap um, the sort of etiquette within slap is you don't have to say bye everyone i'll see you in a bit i'm going outside no you just ghost you just ghost and that's understood and that's okay it's cool well also and they can always get you if your little light is green they know they can fetch you the little gripe means you're around yeah uh, but generally speaking which is a very powerful thing because that's almost like email which mm -hmm. is i'll get to you when i get to you you know what's happened though is email people now send they'll send a message and then five hours later they'll be like hey haven't heard back from you and yeah. it's the first interaction you're like what yeah <laughs> i've sent emails and shouted across the office did you get my email yeah that's right which no. is embarrassing i feel frankly. that anything under six months is an appropriate response duration for an email i feel that like you have email is just not also no one will pick up the phone anymore but 
No. No. There's no phone. There's no phone. That doesn't happen. Let's get in a room is still a very important thing. Yeah, Sometimes it, you have to see people. You have to move fast and you need to work through stuff. Pheromonal exchange is, is key, right? Like human beings looking into each other's eyes. Like That sounded sexual? No, it's not. It's just you're just sort of like it's it, humans. Fair, fair, isn't that like late night TV drops you put on your <laughs> underarm that makes you love other people and people want to love you? It's the key to successful meetings. Okay. No, it's really not. What I'm saying is that like the whole human is a big yeah. part of yeah. doing good work. Let's home in on the meeting. Home or hone? There was a big debate. Yeah. In now I've forgotten. This. I think I had a strong opinion. It is totally home. For, it is. I think I said that. Which for 28 years I've been saying hone in. And you just blew my mind on the podcast, even though I think I actually said it was home. Anyway, regardless of that, how many meetings did you have last week? I'm going to say... Eight to ten. Okay. As a percentage of your working week, how much was that? Time-wise? Yeah. 40%. I would say I'm about the same. I'm like between any given week, I'm at 40 to sometimes 80% meetings. One of the things we love to do on this podcast is get into the psychology of things, Mm -hmm. of why things happen the way they do. Now, we happen to be the co-founders and the managing partners of a business. Yeah, no, we, we have to go to every meeting. I mean, not every meeting in New York, but like we manage and run the business by talking to people and saying, here's, here's what we think. What do you think? Correct. But when we're invited to a meeting, that's not trivial for the people within Postlight that have invited us. And this is, I think, an absolutely key point that I think gets dramatically misunderstood. I often, if there is an th- email thread of seven or eight people, I often narrow it. I'll drop five off and talk to three. And I do that because I'm trying to reduce noise for other people. I'm trying to be courteous, in fact. And what ends up happening is people feel left out. Mm -hmm. And it's an odd thing. It's something that I didn't really fully register. It has to do with my position in the business. Like, why did the managing partner cut me out of a conversation when what I'm trying to do is, okay, I only have a question for you, Jack, and I want to keep the, the most relevant people on the thread. And like, we should point out, this is a relatively open, easy communication. We're on the floor. People talk to us all the time kind of organization. Like it, We're th- on the floor. So this is a very subtle shift. I've been in larger, more political organizations where cutting someone off the thread is like... Fatal. You've basically said my career is over. Here yes. it's like, hey man, I, I was. why'd you kick me off of that? I actually yes. have a lot to add. That's and you're right. like, well, I was actually just trying to save everybody some time. Yeah. But in other environments, yeah. it's like someone will then get up and walk to someone else's office and be like, what the hell is he doing? Correct. And, and when you're new, also, that's the worst part. When you're new to an organization or a political situation, yeah. we run into this a lot as a client service firm. Yeah. The ability to make a misstep with those dynamics is it takes nothing. It takes, you're just like, oh, you know yeah. what? Let me, let me talk yeah. to Sam about that. And, and I, don't, I think people don't know, you know that we're more knucklehead than they think. I said that sentence in a disastrous way. We're knuckle not we're not knuckleheads as in like hey we get the pass cuz we're dumb. The things that are like occupying our minds are very strange and I don't think I think it's very difficult to piece out and convey what dominates how we think. Which is like hey chill out um, we're busy people is how this all sounds. Yeah, it does. But but it's really it's really us 
trying to say that there is very little social and political thinking that's going into those decisions, at least for myself. You know what I would say is that there's a terrible tension in an organization like this where uh, you've got focus on the project and focus on the people. And sometimes that's in opposition. Sometimes the, the project means that you can't be as considerate as you should be of the people. And sometimes if you went and dealt with all the emotions, you'd never get anything shipped. And you kind of assume that over time, the ability to get a good salary, rise in your career, receive professional yeah. respect, and that you can kind of patch it up and just yeah. sort of go like, hey, sorry, I cut you out there. It, don't take it personally. We're just, we got to get this thing done. This can sound arrogant, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah, I'm busy. So, so I, you know, I'm chill. Meanwhile, it's a big deal. It's meaningful for people. Look, we are, for better or worse, this is just the reality of the dynamics. We are viewed as the quickest path to success. If I can get exposure to the leadership of an org and have them recognize how well I do or how I carry myself or the type of things I'm thinking about, I can shortcut things and I can, I can get to some success uh, or get to success faster. And many, many people are ambitious. And Mm -hmm. that's not a fault for anyone. And so are we flawed as managers to not be sensitive enough enough to that? I think so. I mean, I think think any any manager who doesn't admit they're just infinitely flawed is not a good manager. This is hard. Right? This is hard. Because you just, you can't, humans are human. I've been on the other side of this. I was on the other side of this for years. And you're just like, what the hell? I just worked so hard for you. You're going out to dinner. Yeah. Totally. You know, and you just you yeah. just like left me off the thread. And totally. I, and the the reality is like, yeah, I did that. It kind of sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. You and know? and and I think there's sort of a perception that we are extremely sensitive and like have been through the management seminars and that we understand how all that works. And look, maybe we should go to some management seminars this is and the tr- better understand how all that works. This is the tricky part, right? Because we've built a successful business where I think people are roughly as happy as they are in other places or more so. Like I've been in a lot of different organizations. It's, it's that's pretty worth good. noting, by the way. It's extremely meaningful to us. Yeah. We do not just stare at the spreadsheets and say, hey, the business is improving because there's 11% more in this box. It is a big deal to us that people feel good about coming to work and enjoy what they're doing and have an environment where they feel good. Well, where they feel, I mean, you know, we, we focus on craft, like that they can move forward in their disciplines. That's, I think, to me, that would be the ultimate HR failure for this organization is if yeah. somebody was here for a year yeah. and didn't feel like they had moved forward in their discipline. Yeah, I, I'd feel that the social contract we have with, with everybody who works here had been broken. That's an aim for this org. Yeah. I, w- I want to be careful not to... Not to make this podcast about yeah we got to talk about yeah and and speak more generally there are massive organizations out there where it is truly a maze you get you know that maze at the end of the shining yeah like it's literally you get dropped into that maze (sighs) and i think is he in there is nicholson does he go in the maze yeah yeah, he does he freezes in the maze that's right spoiler spoiler alert alert, but for a 30 year shining yeah uh he freezes in the maze but that little boy that weird little boy the yeah. red rum boy yeah. is also running around. When you get dropped into a massive org, it takes a minute to even understand what the path is to success. It is rarely, it is rarely just, hey, 
check off these 11 performance boxes and you will move up. It just doesn't work like that. No, it, well, it, you know, there's a constant. It's a big factor, but some orgs are, are, are hyper political. I talk about this a lot where there's an informal system and a formal system. The formal system is like, hey, if you hit these five objectives, you're going to get these rewards. Yep. And if you do this today, then that everyone will be happy. The informal system is, boy, if you need that done, you got to call Mike. Yeah. Right. And so he's got sway. To me, a healthy organization, there's always going to be some of some of the informal system, yeah. but a healthy organization, the informal and formal systems yeah. kind of line up. You're like, oh, okay, they said I needed to do a good job on this and that they would give me a little more money at the end of the year. Yeah. And they did. So I guess that's cool. Well, I mean, that's okay. It, it does line, when you say line up, performance, like objective sort of review of performance lines up with politics. Here's why. If you can help me look better, there's a chain here, right? Paul works for Rich. Rich works for Erica. Erica works for Jim. Mm-hmm. If Paul helps me look good, right? I'm going to keep you nearby. You're, you're, a, you're a star that isn't just someone that I want to shoot up the chain, right? You may pass me. That may happen. Yep. But for now, you're going to make me look good. You are, you are a key shortstop in the field. A shortstop, by the way, is a person that plays baseball, Paul, between I second and that. third base. I appreciate that. Thank okay. you. So if you can help me look good, I'm going to support you. Now, then it gets to a point where either I'm, I, feel, I feel really secure in my role, and if you're great, I want you to keep going. I'm you know, okay with it. And actually, one of the number one pieces, people call me up for a little mentoring all the time because yeah. I have a certain profile. Yeah. One of the number one pieces of advice I give is figure out what you want and then go find the person who's doing it yeah. and stand next to them as close as you can. If you want money, stand next to somebody with money. If yeah. you want creative success, go real, find right? that person. It's because real. if you're useful to them, I mean, just like get in the room, figure out what it takes to get in the room. Yeah. That's ambition. And we see that. Look, public service announcement. Do you remember when they used to do those Boop. Yeah, Boop. yeah. They don't yeah. do them anymore because nuclear war is not as imminent. As yeah, they used to. That was a big part of growing up. Every every couple weeks or so, you yeah. just get that like Popeye would be interrupted. With they might boop. still do them, but we just don't watch like seven hours of what's happening on TV anymore, no. like we did as kids. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're not talking about meetings, is my PSA. Well, we're, here. we're about to we're about to <laughs> we're get about back to, to circle it. it back. No, we're right? going to get back to it because I think here's what we're talking about, and here's why you notice a conversation about meetings immediately went towards the People. largest, most complex set of institutional dynamics, right? Yeah. Yet meetings are when all of the like primitive Darwinian behavior starts to come out. Yeah, it's a big moment, right? You're either gonna you could look bad, you could shine, you could really hopefully not chime in because you, this, you're kind of in the dark on this one and you don't want to sound like an idiot. You know what I would say too is, is and I want to I talk about what makes a good meeting. First of all, my own career has shown me it's okay to hide sometimes. You can get in that room, just kind of hang out yeah, in the corner. Take a lot of notes. Yeah, just, just look. Chatter on the keyboard. Look involved. Yeah. Look involved, but and like say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm, okay. Great oh, idea. Ask, ask a big question. Like, I yeah. don't really understand this, but I'd love some clarity. Yeah. And then you don't have to do anything else, and you'll still like you'll still have been in that meeting. Because that when you're early in your career, you're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. So, but what makes a good meeting? Well, uh, let's talk about behavior for one second. Okay. Uh, and, I, and let's jump in. So I've been doing this for 25 years, mm-hmm. and I'm also a particular personality. So... <laughs> Uh, if you're in a meeting and you're with six people or eight people, right? And the 
MC of that meeting, the driver of that meeting, maybe the person who scheduled it, who's kind of driving, says something and you don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to stop that person and say, well, I don't understand what you mean because it's a risky move, mm-hmm. right? And in fact, I do it. I do it with prospects sometimes. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. Here's one piece of advice I would give to everyone. I know it's hard. I know it's a leap in the dark. Half the time, they actually don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's not you misunderstanding. Yeah, them. but if you're, <laughs> if you're, my caution there is if you're a baby employee, you don't want to be the one to, to point out the emperor's new clothes on day two. It, that's true. You just, you know, look, look at your environment, see the, t- check the timing on this. I mean, this is a life lesson, right? Like that after, because I'm, what are you're 25, I'm 22 years into, into, yeah, the, we're done. No one, if you cannot understand what's being conveyed and you're not in a very specific professional environment, but like if it's roughly understood that you should know what's being talked about so that you can do something yeah. and you don't, that's because that person doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. That's right. And, and, and I've said, look, right now I'm in the middle of a project where we're diving into an incredibly deep domain with incredibly specialized skills and it is a crash course. Mm-hmm. And I, I know when I ask people, what do you mean right now that I don't know what they mean? That's right. They, they know exactly skills. what they're talking about. Well, and that happens with us in technology. We have to break it apart Absolutely. so that people can, but we can. So do it. You know what a very powerful signal for me is? And this took me years to learn boredom. If I'm bored because as someone is talking at me in a meeting, I have a very low threshold essentially for getting interested in something i like lots of subjects yeah i like to know how the world works i like to know how business works i like to see see people do things if i'm bored it's because somebody's lying to me if i'm bored it's because somebody is just full of nonsense like it's just i i don't think i've ever even if somebody's spewing jargon if they're engaged and, and their brain is moving i'm gonna pay attention if someone is just up there taking my time i die inside well we you and i need to talk because <laughs> I can see you drift off a lot of the time when I'm talking to you. I feel that's we'll because, sidebar this. this yeah, is I feel that's about. because we've had the same conversations about 36,000 times. Fair enough. Um, All right. That meeting. Uh, what You asked the question, what makes a successful meeting? Right. Very often, meetings drift. We'll say, you know what? Two weeks from now, we should really deep dive in on the requirements of this product. And what happens is we deep dive in to the requirements of the product in that meeting because someone is really excited about getting in there right. and showing how they think and the like. And that can really, really derail things because what was the perp- what's the purpose of this meeting? So this is you just drew a, a clear line between a meeting and a working session. Yeah, and, and oftentimes don't schedule a meeting like this, please. Let's get in a room and talk this out. Just give a little more specificity, a little more. Like, what is the mission of that meeting, mm-hmm. right? Or if there's people seem to be struggling and you say, as, especially as a leader or a manager, you say, let's just get in a room. And look, sometimes you really do need to get in a room, but add two sentences to that. Right. Get, let's get in a room because there seems to be a disconnect between engineering and design. Or let's get in a room because I just spoke to the client and they they pointed out three bullets that I want to share with everyone. That's right. Like, let's get in a room, especially if your leadership just sounds like power just just doing its thing, right? Like, it just let's get in a room. And everybody's yeah. going to scatter and, I mean, sort of line up and get into that room. This is what, what I hate is occasionally you do, like, there's some confidential information you want to pass on or something. And you do have to do, like, 
general manager check-in yeah. on the, and there's no agenda yeah. and people scurry they get panicked yeah right and it, it tends to be good news but they're like oh my god what's happening yeah you want to get people you want to get anxiety down as quickly as possible so that people clarity can pre- they should be able to prepare and walk in yeah tell you what they're all about and then yep. get the hell out of there if you're going to talk to someone one-on-one and your leadership and you say i want to speak to you at three o'clock that's really scary oh my god that's, i hate doing it that's I hate really doing scary it. what happens that person if it's 10 a.m is going to wonder why I, I'm going to sh- reveal something. I've done this, mm-hmm. and I, I've heard after the fact that that person asked others, what does Rich want? Oh, sure. And that's, that's happened to me plenty of times. That's just dumbass on my part. <sighs> you like, know what it is? Yeah, tell them what you're going to talk about. Usually that, or you just say, like, some good news or, or some news I want to share. Don't No stress. Like, yeah. I, but then the problem is, then when it is actually bad news, and you just, like, need to talk to you at 3 yeah. p.m. yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes just in a professional, the power disparity that comes from running an efficient company means that sometimes people have a couple hours of anxiety and yeah. there's no fixing it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Hopefully you, you very, try, very rarely. You try and try and try. Yeah. So there's all this imbalance. How long should a meeting be? Uh, this is another key, key characteristic of a successful meeting. If you nailed what you're aiming to, to do, uh, there is nothing more beautiful than ending a meeting early. It's, it's just success in every way. Um, okay, we got it. We know what we need to do next. And people often make the joke. I love it when meetings end early or... But it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. The flip side is that people sometimes pretend they're the president of the United States or the former president of the United States and are like 10-minute blocks and then senior leadership will, will ramble for five minutes, yeah. say three things and be like, got to go. Yeah. And then we, we'll have to continue this later. <laughs> Those are the words. Well, you well, can, this is probably the single worst characteristic of a meeting. As short as possible, open, but long enough, right? Like that's the goal. If it ends in an open-ended fashion with nothing to do next. Oh. Here's, you know how you, you know it really went off the rails? If people say, wow, that's a really great idea. Oh, that's a really, disaster. that's really, I mean, that's awesome. And then you disperse. Nobody owns it. No. There's no plan around it. There's no time frame around So it. walking back what you're saying here, right? Like every single person who enters the room should leave the room with a slightly altered perception about what they are supposed to be doing. What are they supposed to do now? And here's another marker. But, of, but of it's a not meeting. just about tasks. It's about changing perception. I think that's important. Like, hey, you don't get in a room to say like, Mike, do this. Susan, do this. You get in a room to say, hey, the three of us need to see this thing in the same way so we can move forward. Yes. And that may be sidebar. I mean, look, we don't need all nine. Three of us are going to get in a room and bring clarity and come back to everyone with a two-pager. Right. Now, see what, I, what, what happened there is something tangible is coming out of that. Who's going to write that two-pager? Who's going to write that two-pager? Now that person has a responsibility. Everyone else is going to rely on it, and you're going to get it by Friday. That's right. Saying that something is a really great idea and then dispersing is a disaster because you're going to come back to that uh, great idea two weeks later in another meeting and say, well, you know what we should do? We should we should aim for June 8th. Like, we got to get this done. It's funny, right, when you're running a meeting too because it's always like, do you have that? Not like, go do that. Yeah. It's this very sort of like, hey, yeah. you know, I think you might have picked up that there's some work here. I, yeah. I just want to make sure we're all clear. Yeah. It's a very, you try to be as gentle as possible, but it's about... 
when you're running the meeting, it's, I have a particular perception of the world. Challenge me as to my perception. Okay, now that that is done, let us move forward in order to what achieve do we need? the goal. What, what do we got to do? What is needed? Like, we, what don't we have today that we need tomorrow? Sometimes people are excited to do it. It's like, I want to do this. Like, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll take this design. I'll do, the, I'll do the wireframes on this one. Let me take a first crack at it. Right. And that's great. Like, if someone steps forward and takes it, that's great. Oftentimes, it's just open-ended ceiling. Here's another key marker of of something that's going to go off the rails when you like assign it to three people and Mm. nobody nods and because what you just did too also is you just created a new meeting oh without a doubt without a doubt like just share this share it on a google doc let's talk from the from there on let's just start comments on the side of the document i feel that google calendar is like uh you know that border between like China and India? Yeah. Where it's just like an inch here, an inch there. It's like yeah. World War One, essentially, right. where... Well, it wh- suggests people. Oh, it's so bad. Or like, emails that suggest people. Google Calendar is just this war zone where everything is moving around in tiny increments and everyone is just like trying to get that one last bit of territory. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's grim. Yeah. Oh, I mean, frankly, all calendars. Oh, are yeah. It's shared calendars are... It's, it's just... It's so inviting to, to just gather and you know we have the client dynamic which is its own thing and it's a lot you know i did a thing recently which is i i was following all the slack channels for all the projects in the organization and i I pulled myself out i'm still on all the general chats and i'm very reachable but i'm no longer watching day-to-day progress of each engagement inside of post like i'm terrified of chiming in like nobody wants to hear me say you know what that button if you put it right align it's going to be killer no that's not what we're for anymore I think no. that every now and then, you know, but also what happened is I used to feel that I kind of needed to keep an eye on things because we didn't have a clear process. But now we have a couple of meetings where everything gets presented back to us. We're able to give input, but it's not disruptive. Correct. Like, it's just like, okay, this is, and I think people know, and I hope to God they know, they can show us stuff that's a mess. They can show us stuff that's like just a big pile of garbage yeah. and we can go like, okay, I get where this is right now. Yeah. Here's the feedback I can give you. Obviously, you need to show it to me again later. Yeah. You know how Amazon does meetings? No. So they have they have a sort of famous meeting culture where it's like, first of all, no project or no no meeting should be like there's like a two pizza rule, like no more than eight people. You should be only you should be able to feed everybody with two pizzas. That's reasonable. Eight people. You going beyond that? That's not a medium. That's a symposium. Yeah, that's right. I've been in those. Those are terrible. And then yeah. the um, the other thing is that very often you have a brief at the beginning, and many of the meetings start with people sitting quietly and reading the brief. Interesting. It's not. It's a non-PowerPoint culture, yeah. right? Like, I've I've started meetings with like. So what's this about? Right. Because there's no detail in oh, it. Oh yeah. And I feel that's and a, that's manager's room. prerogative, right? You can just be like, "Why am I here?" Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to say it in like a completely obnoxious way, but you know, just what's this about? Start it there, and then <sighs> this is the we'll tricky go from there. The tricky part with being a manager is teaching people how to value your time, mm-hmm. because it has a certain. It doesn't mean that it's more valuable at a human level yeah. than other people. But your job, our job, is to bring business into the company in order that everyone gets paid and has health insurance and a good life, right? Like increase the stability, increase of the, the stability, incre- and and develop growth strategies and yes. communicate outward. And so when I have a meeting that isn't that. Sometimes, which I often need to do, like it's it's project stuff or something related to HR or whatever, but that's not necessarily, it's larger and it's holistic, it's important, but it's not the growth of the company outward. So I have to always be balancing that because yeah. we have to always be bringing that work there, I mean, I think the word's been used actually around the org is people view us in a bubble. 
that we're in our own bubble. Yeah. Because our set of responsibility, and it's not that's not us thinking, oh my God, I'm we're the top of the mountain. That's us having a distinctly different responsibility than just about everyone else. It's right. very, very different. So when should I call a meeting? I almost never call meetings personally. I, I That's true. Yeah. I, I don't either. I it's just you just you understand the sort of just force you're bringing to it and you better be very careful about asking for it. We're, let's stop talking about ourselves. If you can solve it without calling a meeting, solve it. Like, that's an amazing thing. If you're able to write a two-paragraph email and say, look, here's what I'm going to do. If anyone has issues, come talk to me. Walk over to me. I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah. Come over and just have a conversation with me. I don't, I don't want seven people. It sounds aggressive, but a lot of time, a lot of the time, people are relieved that someone took a thing. Well, the other thing is that I, I feel as a as a manager that I am the more involved I am, the more bottlenecks I create. And if people want my approval, and yeah. I've, I've communicated to them that they need my approval, yes. I'm simply in the bottleneck creation business. Yes, like someone should be able to say, like, "Hey, I'm going to get this started. Here's what it's going to look like. Let me know if you have any feedback." But I'm starting tomorrow. Yes, that is great. If I don't even have to, if I can just write back and say, "Looks great." Yeah. Or, you know, get it going and then let's catch up. Yeah. That is... Um, go. Well, then I'm not the bottleneck. And I right. think that that's... People might sit there and go like, oh my God, you know, it, he's... And this would be on me, totally. Paul is trying to make sure that I show him everything so I can get his approval. I'd better do that. I'd better get his approval. Yeah, and then you get two words from us. You're like, seriously? Yeah, exactly. That's it? That's exactly Worked but, for an, a week and a half on this presentation. And I, I think I wrestled with it for the first year and a half. And I, I mostly stayed back, but I definitely would meddle. And now increasingly, yeah. I'm just like, that's friction. I got to not do it. Yeah. It's hard. Look, last thing we're going to say about ourselves. It's supposed to be about meetings, but our freaking egos just were so well, huge. I Paul. think we've never actually discussed this before. Yeah. And it's really interesting yeah. to me. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, God, this yeah. is this is something we've wrestled with. We don't have a lot of opportunity to be collaborative, to oh, have boy, is that true? working sessions, to really be collaborative. We're so sensitive to, to coming in. Uh, it's like, I don't know where I saw this. It's like an image in my mind. Like you have a 12 year old daughter and you know, her room is, looks like Disney junior and she's mm-hmm. done it up the way she's done it. And dad walks in trying to be cool and you can't see dad the camera shot you can only see his tan slacks <laughs> and he's just standing there and he's like hey honey what's that that's pretty nutty and she she wants him out of the room so badly oh my god and yeah. this is how i feel coming into something where everyone is so deep in i watched my five-year-olds today i asked i i, I carried them or carried them i we went to camp i dropped them off and i said how about if i come today and they're yeah. five. And they looked at me and they're like, uh-uh. No, same You're for too you. tall. You're too yeah. fat. You can't come to camp. <laughs> and he's just lame, man. When you're 12, 11-year-old daughter, I've got a daughter. When she's 11, yeah. you're lame. Five. I was like, hey, you yeah. know, how about if I whale you in the face you and dodgeball? And they're you like, really, truly no. don't get it. They're like, it's, it's not, not for you, dad. Yeah, exactly. All right. I want to end this with a, uh, a funny meeting story. So I was really young. This is really the beginning of my corporate career. And I was presenting. It's probably one of the first times I was ever presenting, actually. Mm-hmm. This was a big, big deal. And I got it all ready. I plug my laptop in. I'm on like slide three. And there are 
forget how many. There was like a major database guy in the room and there were a few others. And What kind I'm of work? This is tech work? What is this? This is tech work, but really speaking like, high level business goals. I actually, I honestly forgot what the subject of it was. Okay. But it's at, a, it's at a tech company. And it sounds like you're like a little in over your head at this point in your career. A little in over my head. Yeah. I'm young. I'm kind of take you know giving it a shot and i'm still on the internet on my laptop mm-hmm. and then a a an aol instant messenger pops up and it says you forgot your umbrella <laughs> okay yeah uh, and you're just trying so hard you're just like <laughs> and look at me i'm a i'm a, I'm a big I'm, tall I'm, man <laughs> i i do really important work and it's my mom oh i'm gonna just Sam. lay this out her name is samia and her name on AOL is Samia Woman. Oh, so good. <laughs> All one word. You forgot your umbrella. And, and the, the serious database guy turns to me without a smile on his face and says, who is Samia Woman? Uh. <laughs> and that was that. Well, he's going to be more interested in that yeah. than anything you had to say. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. And I'm not going to say, I said, I think I said it's my friend. I, I don't. Right. I'm not going to say, say it's my, my mom. mom my mom on AOL. Living in the basement, working on PowerPoint, really, Ugh. dude. Uh, so that's turn, a funny. Turn off tragic, notifications. Turn off. Get off the internet. All right, Rich. Well, you know, it I feels, hope people got some valuable feedback here. We got to come back to this subject. Like, I think this was just us getting a lot of feelings and thoughts about meetings out into the well, open. There was stuff out there. I mean, we yeah. want we we highlighted the sort of dangerous traits of a meeting that really can be damaging. What we should do is simulate a meeting in a future podcast. That'd be a good, that'd be interesting. Like, you know, take turns being the manager. We'd love to hear what y'all think. If you think this was good and you want to hear more and simulate the meeting, et cetera, ping us. That's right. And if you have any particular meeting related stories or questions, go ahead. There must be some great ones out there. Cause I would say in my life, I must've done. Yeah. Three or four thousand meetings at least. Yeah, but there are some that just stand out as oh, just sure. disasters. All right. Well, this has been Track Changes. Free advice and consultation from Track Changes. <laughs> from Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue. Again, we are looking for good people. And uh, if this podcast, yeah. this is an accurate... Want to work here? Yeah. This is an incredibly accurate portrayal. People who've come in through the podcast... I think are better prepared to be post-light employees than yeah. almost anybody else. We care. We do. We do. And we try to figure it out as we go along. So uh, get in touch. Jobs at postlight.com. Check out our website, uh, postlight.com. If you need anything, you can send an email to hello at postlight.com. Just yeah. whatever you need. Just let us know. Yep. Um, what else should we tell the people before we go? Give us five stars. Yeah, I think that's nice. If you yeah. could. If and you could. Uh, that they should have a great week. That's it. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.